Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a brand new episode of Rumor and Innuendo, everybody. We are an hour late here today. We are starting late because I was just on a NXT deadline media call. Two-time WWE Hall of Fame inductee, Shawn Michaels. We'll talk about it here in just a second. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman, joined here for this half hour of power by my very good friend, Robert Karpolis. And uh, yes, we're 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 late today because uh, we don't have QT Marshall timing out the show. So this is this is why we're here. Where where we are? I blame I blame Shawn Michaels. I blame your good close personal friend, Shawn Michaels who decided to schedule this NXT call at the exact same time. He knows. He's a viewer. He's watching with at least one eye and paying attention to what's going on in rumor and innuendo. And uh, he decided to do this because this is a conspiracy against us. Uh, we are the real We are the real victims here. I'm like, Remember when Sami Zayn had his conspiracy thing going on for a while? That's us now. And much like Sami Zayn, we're going to take off. We're going to ignite. What a... What a glorious day this is. Hanukkah starts tonight. Big time all around. I did not know Hanukkah starts tonight. Mazel. Yes. Hanukkah starts this evening. Uh, very exciting time here. And if you want to get me a Hanukkah present, what you guys can do is use the hashtag RIPod <laughs> and tell the world that you want next Wednesday to see Nick Hausman live on air drink a Woo Energy drink for our Woo Wednesday challenge. Hashtag RIPod. Tell everyone you want to see Nick Hausman drink some Woo Energy. Yes, and um, so on that, if you do want to be participant in the show, of course, use the hashtag, but the comment section is open as well. Uh, our good friend, Coach Keith Morrison over on YouTube saying, better late than never. Thanks for tuning in here. Joseph saying, I farted. Thanks, Joseph. Really appreciate that. <laughs> if you want to jump into the I'm, comments, I'm, Robert looked you. like he wanted to say something in disgust, and then he didn't say anything. <laughs> Joseph, a, a a good guy, is a he's a wrestle roast listener. Uh, so I know that he's uh, he's he's a, he's an intelligent guy. He's got a lot of good insight. We got to We got to stop with the uh, the flatulence stuff, guys. Vince is not here. We know where Vince is, and we're going to talk about it a little later in the show. That's right. We're going to talk about Vince. Is that for a segue? That's a great segue. You nailed it. Yes, that we're going to talk about Vince's uh, WWE role at the moment. We got updates on Kyle O'Reilly and Andrade. We'll talk Dynamite later in the show as well, and we got a couple other small items to get to. Um, but before we do, uh, yeah, this well, show- are we going to talk about uh, uh, Billy and the CW as well? I think. So. Well, if we have time, we'll get to Billy and the CW at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, I guess we are an hour late. We got to readjust. Yeah, we got to readjust. You know, you never know how it works here, Billy. My my close personal friend Billy Corgan and I will we'll see if I have time for him at the end of the show uh no uh, I want to talk real quick at the top since it did just happen the Shawn Michaels media call a uh, couple uh, I guess a couple things off the top of my head here uh that popped out of me uh the Wesley injury the decision for him to be pulled uh, off of NXT deadline was a last minute decision so this was something that caught them off guard 
They threw together the Dragon Lee, Rey Mysterio angle. Uh, basically, Sean said, you know, playing into the history that they have, it, it wasn't too difficult of a call. Uh, and he also reiterated that this was Wesley's decision to be pulled from deadline. He was in too much pain. He didn't think he could compete. It was a very difficult decision. And I mean, that explains why we saw that real raw emotion that we got on Tuesday night, because this was a guy who was put in a position to make that very tough decision. The big takeaway there is that it was Wesley's decision and you have to be very happy with where the industry is in 2023, that guys feel comfortable enough to say, I'm physically not in a position where I can perform. I'm going to step away. The company is going to support him. And he feels like I'm going to be able to come back when I'm healthy and be able to contribute. Guys in the past felt they needed to work through injuries, saying you were hurt, saying you needed time off, saying you needed surgery was a sign of weakness and you may lose your spot. I think this speaks volumes about at least how NXT is being run under Shawn Michaels. Yeah, uh, very heartened to hear, yeah, that they let this be in Wes's hands, and I thought the same thing. It's a good thing they didn't treat him like the elephant at the circus and force him to go in there, catch a peanut, and stand on his back legs. Um, but, of course, the other big thing coming out of this show or coming out of this media call, uh, I had a chance to ask Sean anything I wanted, but the last time I was on a media call with Sean was right before Halloween Havoc. I had a chance to ask him about Punk at the time, who was, you know, uh, just been fired by AEW. Didn't know where direction was going. I thought it was. Wait, you were you were talking about CM Punk? That's it's not incredible. On brand about you at all? No, not at all. As I wear my Duffy Wrestling League hat, um, uh, Sean at the time said very nice things about Punk and how he saw a lot of himself in Punk. They're both kind of strange cats. They, you know, very you know act act uh, on their emotions as they want to do, um, and left the door open for what it's worth for Sean to come to NXT now. Uh, I this was the first call after Punk had come back. Um, Sean is Triple H's best friend and probably knows this situation better than anyone else. Um, the moment they called on me and I said, I'd like to follow up on last week's call. Sean joked, here comes a CM Punk question. I didn't know you were on his PR team. And that got a big laugh from everybody on the call. I thought it was great. I told him I'd take the compliment. But it's a good question, right? As we continue to stay on top of this story, Sean took it, and he was very honest. He gave a very nice answer. He said he didn't think it was a tough decision at all from WWE to bring this guy back into the fold. He thought it was the best thing for business. He wasn't surprised by it. Of course, he'll welcome back in NXT. And the thing that seems to be getting the most attention from his response is he said he was happy that Punk was able to leave companies before on his own terms because that makes it easier to have closure and move on to the next thing. A lot of people say, did he leave on his own terms? They fired him. But I see other people and kind of from the perspective that I think Sean was coming from saying that Punk was already done when they fired him, right? In WWE, he don't want to be there anymore. He was telling him, fire me. AEW, I don't think he could have screamed from the rafters any louder. I am done here. Please fire me. Once this man was terminated both times, he got what he wanted and was, and in this situation, look, as I've said, doesn't look like he had a non-compete clause. Could have showed up on the raw after all out for, for all I know. Right. Didn't do that. They waited a little bit of time, put a little smoke on it, brought him back. And um, there you go. And at the end, Sean apologized for ribbing me. And I said, that's fine. Your Reddit come to life. You are also Shawn Michaels, but you are also Reddit. <laughs> and he laughed at that. 
and then we ended it. There is there's an eighty percent chance Shawn Michaels has no idea what Reddit is. That's okay, but that's what I thought. The good that's the dichotomy. I thought that was a good dichotomy, right? He's Reddit and Shawn Michaels. Mm, I, I like know. that. There's now a will they, won't they with you and Shawn Michaels. I mean, <laughs> this is now kind of the undercurrent. Whenever there's a future NXT call. Is what's going to happen with with Nick and Sean? Well, I, here's the thing: I don't just always ask about Punk. This one made sense because I had asked about Punk on the call before, and this was a follow up. Now that Punk was back, whatever. I don't think I'll be asking about Punk on the next call, but then again, we'll see where the the cards lie at the time. Yes, yeah, so far it's been two weeks in, uh, and I, I, I posted this on Twitter. I said it's two weeks in, and CM Punk still works for WWE. The hell with Hanukkah. This is the real Hanukkah miracle, guys. It's two weeks in, and Hunter has yet to fear for his life from the actions of one CM Punk. God, what would it take to be for Punk to put Hunter in a position where Hunter fears for his life? Would love to see that scenario. Hmm. Well, one man who Punk had issues with um, that is no longer in a position of creative power, at least in WWE, is Vince McMahon. Um, of course, uh, when Punk left initially 10 years ago, had a lot of shots at Hunter, had a lot of shots at Vince, has since taken many shots at Vince, you know, old man, all kind of stuff. Um, Sports Illustrated did a report yesterday about Vince McMahon uh, saying that he has no plans to leave WWE. And the reason it seems they felt the need to clarify this is because Vince just recently sold $700 million in TKO stock. That's 25% of the TKO stock he sold. Had a lot of people wondering, why is Vince McMahon selling? Is he upset that they took him out of creative power? Is, is this some kind of re retribution? The reason we're being given here for why Vince did this is because for some unexplained reason, Vince needed a lot of cash on hand. <laughs> he needs a lot of liquid cash on hand. Um, and it was also noted that even though he's not in creative, he's taking assignments from Ari Emanuel, whatever that means, <laughs> and executing on them. I want to focus. We'll get on the. We'll get to the Ari assignments here in just a moment. I want to focus on this need for cash. This has got to be because of the SEC DOJ investigations. The guy got handed a federal grand jury subpoena about a month and a half ago. This man has to be caking on legal fees by the day i would have to imagine right now yeah yeah when i saw that report that they just said he just you know you need an extra 700 mil lying around because the holidays are coming up and you want to get something really nice for shane because that's better than having to talk to shane so yeah vince learned from his close personal friend donald trump you want to have as much capital as you can to be able to pay those legal fees when those bills mount up uh, I'm sure he made a fantastic profit off of selling those stock, those shares, the price that it was at. He's not going anywhere. He knows that he can't go anywhere because that would wind up cratering the, the stock for a little while. I think that would cause some panic. There would be some concern if they think Vince is leaving. So Vince is selling shares and they want to reassure people, don't worry, Vince's bony hand is still on the wheel. He's not allowed to touch creative but he is working on special projects for Ari Emanuel. And, and look, these are the last people that are there really seemingly helping him at the moment, right? Helped to keep him in the company at a time when everybody wanted him gone. And why would you bite this hand right now at a time where, you know, again, 
it seems a lot of people are coming after you, right? And so in some ways, I think that him staying with TKO is a little bit of a like a pub, like a public shield um, to kind of keep like it's like, hey, I'm still I, everything is very normal. Look how normal everything is over here. If you take that normalcy away, all you have is just like you're just mired in lawsuits and controversy and all these other stories you don't want. So I'm with you, man. I think this guy clings, clutches to WWE as, as long and as hard as he can for, for a variety of reasons. It's his baby. I can understand why you don't want to give that up. I can understand why TKO sees value in keeping him around without actually giving him much to do. I kind of imagine he's now like Buster on Arrested Development where they're giving him special projects where they're like, you know, Mr. McMahon, we want you to walk around the building and we want you to count how many times you see the WWE logo. And he's got Laurinaitis behind him with a notepad and he's just walking there stroking as much as I see 700. And then he sends it to RER. He's like, great job. Here are some jelly beans. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. If Buster uh, was capable of working with war criminals, uh, I think that that would probably be more apt because it seems like the assignments that Ari Emanuel is giving Vince McMahon uh, are more things like, hey, you know, like MBS, can you go like call him for us and like give us a get us a huge sack of cash? You know, hey, we've got some UFC guys that are mired in horrible stories. How would you kill these stories, Vince? Would you bribe someone? Would you pay someone off? How how would you handle this horrible internal drama we're hand, we're dealing with right now, Vince? That's when he pulls out the Snooker playbook. I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> Superfly Jimmy Snooker, Hall of Famer, and all I meant was how to properly book a high flyer. Oh, Anything right. else you interpreted is purely rumor and innuendo. How big's your briefcase? Huh? Yeah. Because he's got that was, briefcase that was disturbing. Yeah. So. Was there any other takeaways from this NXT call besides you and you and Sean now skipping arm in arm? No, no, no. That was what I said at the top was about it. I mean, there was a couple other stuff. Praise the women's division. You know, a couple things here and there, but nothing real major. Um, but we will maybe see Sean uh, dealing with some new talent here as he did put over the pipeline of talent NXT has coming in as WWE announced 14 new NIL next in line recruits uh, yesterday. Actually, just after the show here, finished recording. Uh, I don't need to read all the names. Uh, obviously, there's this guy, Desmond Coleman, right smack dab in the middle. I put the photo up, but I don't know if he gets flagged for using WWE stuff or not. Um, but definitely looks, uh, he's got the look, very impressive. And again, these talents aren't talents that are being sent to the Performance Center have been recruited. These are just people that are like, they get paid to say they're NIL athletes, but I don't think their lives, other than getting access to like WWE events and that they're not really dramatically that much changed when they get a deal like this. Well, they, they have access to the performance center. It's kind of like pre-engagement a little bit. The idea is you're a college athlete right now, most likely the field that you're in, you're not going to go pro in that, but you have the skill set to be a WWE superstar. So let's make life a little bit easy for you right now. Let's get you access to our performance center, our trainers, start helping you hone your skills. So if when you graduate, you decide you want to come to WWE, the door is right there. It's getting in the ears of these guys on a more structured level than before, where it was like Gerald Briscoe showing up at your practice and, and like whispering to your coach, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to give you 
uh, upwards of a hundred dollars if y'all if y'all want to come wrestle for us. I love Gerald, and I'm still terrified of him. So you do really Jerry good impressions. My impressions all suck. You do really good ones. Well, part of it is when you're around these guys, it, you have nothing else to do, so you just hear their voices in your head all the time. Ah, got it. Um, well, one name who may be back in the WWE mix, uh, possibly sooner than later, depending on how you want to read the tea leaves of what Dave Meltzer said, uh, and the wrestling observer radio earlier. Um, but Andrade is returning to CMLL, uh, down in Mexico soon. Uh, he's not going back to AAA, which I was a little surprised by because that's, he did the big spot with Flair, um, not too, too long ago in AAA. And I know that he's got a lot of ties there. Uh, but he's going back to CMLL. Dave's saying it's because he's got ties there. He started in CMLL. He knows there's a lot of money there. The crowds aren't as big. But he wants to go there because his AEW contract is looking to expire soon. And if he signs with WWE, he knows he'll not be able to go back to CMLL anytime soon. And it was noted that he doesn't know exactly when his AEW contract is going to be coming up because they may add time for injury, and I guess you don't find out how much time is added to your contract until it comes up, which seems messy. But um, So AEW contracts have the same rules as soccer. Yeah. You don't know how much extra time is there until you're done. My, my thought when I saw this story was less, yeah, Andrade wants to go back to CMLL, and more that he's using this as a stalking horse. He's putting this out there. Hey, when I leave AEW, I want to go to CMLL. Do you know about when that would be that I can go? Because if he tells them, I want to leave to go back to WWE, they're going to be like, cool, we have about nine more years we can tack on to your contract. You're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, I don't know how much time Andrade is. According to Dave, it, do it doesn't sound like, I think, it, I think he said, it'll be relatively soon that Andrade's contract comes up. And you know, he was so beloved by Triple H in NXT. He got a real push there. Didn't really get the same attention under Vince McMahon on the main roster, but that's true of a lot of international talent, right? Him, all the Japanese talent. Vince just didn't really lean into booking them that strongly. I'm sure that Andrade is looking at what Hunter is doing right now by making changes to the way various talents are being presented and sees a spot for himself there. You know, Charlotte's there. His wife's there. You know, uh, I, I I definitely, I foresee Andrade back in the WWE fold in, in 2024. I agree. And I think part of it is when Vince was in charge, he was very tunnel vision. And in his mind, why do I need Andrade? I have Santos Escobar. <laughs> I have a, and I'm not sure that that could you very act like well Vince have been. was pushing Santos Escobar. Vince was not pushing Santos Escobar. No, but I'm just saying, if he looked at the roster and he goes, well, we already have a Latin guy. Like, he's already got that box checked off. His brain can't see Andrade as somebody different than Santos. It's like, well, someone's already occupying that individual space. Hunter understands the value of these talents. And there's a lot of opportunity for Andrade to really contribute on the main roster, not just part of an LWO storyline, but you can plug him in right now in a number of different places, and it would be meaningful and significant. The Charlotte relationship absolutely helps. Mm -hmm. uh, probably trying to get away from Rick also probably helps. Yeah. And, you know, again, you look at what he's done with Japanese talent to try to, I guess, make a case to Okada. Look, Shinsuke is getting booked strong. We have all these uh, uh, Japanese women working together in a faction. 
very similar, right? You look over in the LWO, you got this group of Latin talent that's working really well in a faction, and you got a guy like Dragon Lee, who's not a part of LWO, but is also getting this really strong push right now. They're letting him play into his strengths and letting him have I don't want to I don't want to talk out of school about his freedom involved and how he's being booked, but the guy doesn't seem to be being booked dramatically differently than he was when he was finding success before coming to WWE. And um, that's that's definitely different. That's he, they didn't make him a Mexico. <laughs> As someone who was there during the Mexico era. Oh, talk to me, please. I will. One of the most is the only thing I'm going to say about this. One of the most challenging things about the Mexico gimmick was when we put together the list of props, having to make sure you had working riding lawnmowers at every arena throughout the country was a real pain in the ass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which, by the way, speaking of weird gimmicks at that time, I was also there at the time when, when Kerwin White was there. Little plug in the middle of the show. Next Tuesday, we'll be talking to Chavo Guerrero, a close personal friend of Kerwin White, and excited to, to reminisce with him, talk about the Iron Claw. Putting that plug in here now, and then we'll get to it at the end. It just it felt natural at this point. No. If you're talking about Kerwin White, we got Chavo Guerrero on the way. Put over Chavo Guerrero on the way. Man, I feel I bad. I love that you call him Chavo. It's Chavo. so strange. Chavo. 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 Yeah, nope. 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 We're not going down this path because if we go, if we give you 30 seconds to your own, you're going to pull up more pictures to show people. Can and we don't need day two of the Nick Houseman slideshow. Chavo. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just how I say his name. So, um, and I love the Mexicals. I feel bad about that because they were a racially insensitive act, but I really loved Psychosis from WCW and I was just, and, and super crazy for what it was worth. And so I was just really, and Hoovy. I was like a fan of everybody involved with the Mexicals. I kind of like look past how racist it was just because I was so happy to see them. But now I look back on it as an older man and I'm like, dude, you should have really like taken note of how horribly racist the Mexicals were. So anyway, thoughts. My thoughts. Kyle O'Reilly, Fightful of Sane, has been backstage. <laughs> what? That was a good transition, Nothing. right? It was a great transition. Thank you. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly. So the Mexicals used to come out in the in the landscape uh, <laughs> attire, and it was a bad idea. Kyle O'Reilly most likely coming out in one of those devil attires last Dude. night on Dynamite. Dude, I read this yeah. report, and I was like, I read, too. And I read this report, and I was like, did Sean just give it away? Like, did... Because, like, I don't think that this is a detail, and I could be wrong, because Sean has very good connections at AEW, and, and maybe they did want this floated out there. But, like, and it's not, there's really not much to this report. Kyle O'Reilly has been backstage, and he looks like he's ready to return to action. There were other words in that report, but it all boiled down to about eight words right there. And the reason I say that I don't know that AEW wants this out there is because the guy is just, he's just backstage. He's not being used on TV. Right. And like, I don't know that they want out there that this guy is like appearing at shows because, dude, it is like of the list of potential people that could be these masked AEW, AEW devil figures, Undisputed Era and uh, the Kingdom top of the list. I wrote a little piece yesterday on the site about this particular story. And I was like, well, Adam Cole has ties to both. Maybe it's some kind of new Undisputed Kingdom where he takes the guys that he's had you know, over and Undisputed, and he takes the guys from the kingdom and mashes them together, and that's who all of these devilish figures are. I, I think that's totally in the realm of possibility at this point. 
So what I what I had heard was one of the devil figures when they surrounded Joe was doing the MMA kind of movements that Kyle O'Reilly would do. And that's what made them think it was Kyle, which I love because it makes me think that Kyle O'Reilly thinks he's an old WWF video game character. And anytime he's on TV, he can only do his normal movements of I can do my special taunt and that's it. I hope that it's not uh, that. I definitely hope it's not the kingdom. All due respect to, to the kingdom. Uh, Maria Canellis is absolutely fantastic. Love working with her. I don't want to see these guys on TV like ever. I don't, I don't, I don't really enjoy. I, I like the guys. I just don't enjoy what they're doing. They've tied it all, but they're, they're all tied together, right? We got Daniel Price here saying it's Taven Bennett, strong and O'Reilly Cole's the devil. Go back to the night. Jay white got jumped. You can see strong's neck through the brace. Yes. I have also noticed how obvious it is that one of these masked figures is wearing a neck brace. But that combination of people, that is like an undisputed kingdom mix of people. And one of these guys definitely looks like Matt Taven and moves like Matt Taven. And I have noticed that on a couple occasions. All I will say, and I've reiterated this a couple of times, we've been talking a lot about a lot of the negativity around AEW. I really hope they have something mapped out for this devil angle that pays off and pays off strong and gives them a lot of creative strength going forward. That's all I'm going to say. I keep thinking it's going to be like Ziggler or Ali. Like they're going to introduce some big former WWE name, but the longer this goes on, I mean, it does kind of seem like, you know, the, the tea leaves, the, the whatever crumbs are leading us to this undisputed kingdom payoff here. Last night on the show, MJF looked suspect AF um, saying he thought that hangman page was behind the whole thing. Page then calls out, "Well, we think you're behind the whole thing, right? Why do you? All your enemies keep getting laid out, but you don't get laid out." Well, then, twenty minutes later, MJF is laid out in the parking lot, broken bottles scattered all around his head, but you never saw the attack. Now, you have been of the belief until this point that you that you think Max is behind this, but they they called it out in a, in such a way last night. Yeah. Where I feel like it would be a real letdown if it was Max. Now, did anything last night change the, the thinking that you have about it being Max? At one point during the evening, Tony Schiavone accidentally called this company WCW. And that, oh yeah, at one point he said something. He was talking about the tournament. And in the middle of it, he's like, all the talent here in WCW. And then there's just an awkward pause. Because I think even in his mind, he realizes we're getting into some some... <laughs> thunder level territory here the thing that made the most the thing that makes the most sense is this to be max and as the devil and he's been a heel all along which is where this felt like this was always going i assumed that the the devil guys that were with him were going to be some form of the pillar since they were all liking the tweet about being angry that max was getting a lot of tv time and i think if you had max and and jungle boy and sammy kind of together with with someone else, maybe Wardlow, as this new hot heel faction, boy, that'd be pretty exciting. Do I really want to see a kingdom heel run in the main event? Not especially. Do I want to see the Undisputed Era back in a main event spot? Not necessarily, because we saw Roderick Strong's promo on, on Dynamite. Small doses are key for Roddy. I get that people like when he screamed Adam once or twice. He screamed everybody's name to the point where he is now like the I didn't do it boy. 
and it's rough. I, you know what? I still think there's a way to rehab, and I don't mean that as like a joke because of his neck, but I think there's a way to rehab Roddy into real competition for Max. But I don't want to get into it right now because you brought up the pillars and this tweet about how they the the negative MJF tweet that they all liked. If it does turn out to be the undisputed kingdom era, whatever you want to call it, those talents liking that tweet that is speaking negatively about MJF certainly deserves a second look because it is it, the, those tweets, those that tweet that was liked by Britt and Jack and Sammy came at the same time. We're learning about Brian Danielson fining people for things that they have negatively tweeted about the company on Twitter. Now, is liking a comment that is negative about the company or its key performer an unfinable offense? Is that a way around the gate that they've been put in where they can't tweet negatively about how they feel, but they can all choose to like a tweet that maybe says something that they do feel about the situation backstage in AEW? I am not a scientist. If I were a scientist, I would dedicate the rest of my energies to figuring out how to bring Harley Race back from the dead, sit him down and tell him that in 2023, we're trying to figure out how to find people for mean tweets that they've posted about their company online. So it's like you call the newspaper and you shit talk the company. Is that it? And then is it the same thing? Is that what it is? Uh, look, I, I remember when we when Terry had one hooker in one room dead and Dory had another one in the other room dead and we had to figure out which one to get rid of first. And now it's tweets. Allegedly. Never. Terry. Well, but when those problems come up now, Ari Emanuel calls Vince McMahon and puts him on that assignment, right? Isn't that? Oh, Vince can disappear a dead hooker better than anybody. <laughs> that is, that is one area where he is. He always says, he will never ask a talent to do something he won't do himself. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the more I think about Vince, like you see him as Buster, I see him as like a CIA operative. I'm like, <laughs> I, see, I see Vince. Vince is going out and he's like creating a, a, a forest of mirrors. That's my new CIA term that I've found out about recently. Anyway, we've got we're almost at, we're almost at time. We are at time. We have so little time to go here, but I do want to make sure we touch on the show-closing angle of Dynamite last night as Shayna Wayne, the mother of Nick Wayne, caused Adam Copeland to lose his TNT Championship match against Christian Cage in Montreal, Canada. Man, that thing, I, ha I had not been inundated with that many negative tweets all at once about one particular angle. Um, I I'll just kick it to you. I mean, how did you feel about how the show closed last night? I was surprised that they brought Claire Lynch back, but you know, who knows? Look, number one, Shayna Wayne is the worst like NXT creative reject name. I know that's her real name and bless her heart, but the name Shayna Wayne just doesn't sound, it just sounds ridiculous. This story is ridiculous. When I on, on Wrestle Rose, I was joking with Scott Chapman a couple months ago before Nick Wayne even turned. We're like, how could this? What, what's the worst outcome? I said, what would be great is if Christian starts hitting on Nick Wayne's mom and she winds up dating him and forces Nick Wayne to be like, this is your new stepfather. And we both laughed. We're like, this would be the dumbest thing ever if she winds up with Christian. And here we are, 
it's Shayna Wayne and Christian as this weird, like dollar store version of the Trish Stratus Christian turn. Nobody wants this. This doesn't make any sense. And I am excited as hell to see what happens next. Well, Daniel Price here with a very good uh, observational throw in. Uh, main event seems familiar, almost like Rhea attacking Edge on behalf of Judgment Day. And then after that, Beth showed up. Gee, wonder what's going to happen. An excellent observation, but I have no idea what Beth's WWE contract is like I right now. I thought she's still under WWE contract. I think she's still under a WWE contract too, but I'm not. You know what? I'm going to ask. I'll ask around this afternoon about that because I'm not entirely 100% on that. Um, also, uh, who who said that? Daniel, Daniel Price. Mr. Price, you saw how like a gazelle she moved in the ring with that title for a minute and a half, for 30 seconds. You want to put her in a match? You sadist. What kind of evil man wants to see Shayna Wayne wrestle? You, you need to stop. And good for you, Christian. The other thing that's really funny, someone pointed it out to me. I guess Shayna Wayne is popular on Instagram and Jericho has been liking some of her thirst trap pictures. So I'm really hoping this is all in storyline rumor and innuendo. Well, Hey, that's the way to get a good book. And I guess in AEW these days, you got a thirst trap, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I will real quickly here say Rio came back. She confronted uh, Tony Storm after Sky Blue. By the way, great job, Ben Mink uh, Minkowitz. I think I got his last ben name. Ben Minkowitz. Ben Mink, man. Yes. He, he, I, I sat for 30 seconds attend, attuned to my television set watching this man attempt to make AEW sound like some kind of classic cinema. It was wonderful. Yeah, Ben Mankiewicz is incredible. Whoever wrote that, produced that forum was was dynamite, no pun intended. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, Kevin Sullivan is gone because, boy, they really nailed that moment in the middle of the match when Tony Storm was supposed to go black and white. Just <laughs> solid. That looked just fantastic. Lastly, well, there's going to be eight more shows in Canada next year. That was announced. But the last item is next Wednesday night. And I guess on Wait, Thursday. Wait, they're doing eight shows in Canada next year? Next year, yeah. They put out a press Did they about. see the numbers that they did for Collision on Tuesday? Robert, it's just what's happening. I just report the news. Go over to housewrestling.com. You can find more about <laughs> it. But the last item I the last item I wanted to bring up here, because I'm sure you're, you you know have some opinions, because I believe you've worked with two of these guys. Uh, Kevin Ross and Marshall Von Erich are going to be showing up in Dallas next Wednesday night on Dynamite. This is a couple weeks before the Iron Claw will be hitting cinemas. And it'll be the first time uh, that Ross and Marshall, I believe, will ever have appeared on WWE or AEW television. Now, I am a big fan of these guys. I've gone to a lot of MLW shows. Um, they give you the classic Von Erich, uh, wild Terry Funk style brawl. Uh, that you like, um, they can fly um, if they need to. Uh, what What do you think about them popping up next Wednesday night? And do you see a fit for them in, in the AEW landscape, or is this a one off? I mean, AEW has a thing where they'll they bring a lot of people in, and then they just sort of vanish into what I will now call Griff Garrison land. Mm. So I can very easily see them bringing the Von Ericks in, having the relationship, possibly using them, uh, and then. They, they just kind of drift in and out. I think WWE's had a number of opportunities to, to take a bite of the apple and sign those guys. I don't know why they haven't. So this may be an AEW windfall. 
and I'm excited to see Kevin uh, back on TV. I, I did work with Kevin. Um, my, you know, I think everybody has a Kevin Von Erich impression that's worked with him. But uh, this is now the time to take advantage of the Von Erich name, though it is a little weird that they're going to be on promoting a movie that's basically pro wrestling destroyed our family. Here's the next generation. Let's see what happens. Well, Headlock Heel uh, aptly pointing out Warner Brothers Discovery purchased A24 Studios, which did the film. So it's going to be streaming on Max, which is true. And it just seems like network promotion. And yeah, you know, I don't know why Ross and Marshall aren't in WWE either. I think they would fit way better in NXT than AEW. Uh, maybe it had to do with them trying to get through this promotion for Iron Claw. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Warner has interest in these guys. But after this movie's over, if we don't see one of the two big companies picked it up. I don't really know. I don't really know what the future holds for them. I know they really enjoyed Japan, but the goal for them to go around the world and wrestle all these places from what I was told was to make sure they were ready for television when they got to the States. So, you know, if they don't get picked up early next year, I don't really know what the future holds for Ross and Marshall. If I'm being fair, if I'm being honest, that's kind of the same thought I have. I feel like in a lot of ways they are can't miss. And yet, we haven't seen them land anywhere. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. I think there's a number of talent that are out there. We we've seen it with, uh, with Harry Smith was a guy who really had it all. And yes, he had that one opportunity in WWE. He's never made it back to the company. There's always been rumors. He did. He did, but they didn't use him. And I have a feeling Correct. I know why I have a feel. I don't want to say it out loud. Cause it's not, I don't want to, but I have a feeling I know why it, they, they hired him. They didn't put him on TV and then they let him go. I'll tell you off the air what I think happened. Well, well, we'll we'll see about that. But at the very least, it'll be great for AEW next week to do more of that synergy. We talked about it with Ben Mankiewicz this week and, and TCM. Be good corporate stewards. And if you do that, it's going to help you when it comes time for your new TV rights deal. All right, everybody, that brings us overtime today. We had a little bit of an overrun on today's episode of Rumor and Innuendo. But we'll be back tomorrow, Friday, to close out the week at our normal time, noon Eastern. I'm so sorry we didn't get to announce the time change. Yesterday, I did not realize that the Shawn Michaels call uh, went at the same time as the show until the absolute last minute. So I apologize. Uh, we will do better in the future. Um, but if you do like the show, please head over to the, uh, whatever podcast platform you like. Give it a subscribe. Give it a nice comment. The comments are great. We'll be getting some wonderful comments. We'll read some more tomorrow on, uh, on the show to, to wrap up the week. And, of course, next Tuesday on the show, we will have Shavo Guerrero in the house talking all about the Iron Claw. I guess we're going to talk about Kerwin White maybe a little bit here on the show next Tuesday. And since the comment section never closes, you all will be able to ask Shavo questions on your own as well. Um, I'm Nick Hausman at Nick underscore Hausman. Go check out House of Wrestling, H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Robert, take us home. And I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.